0: My name is Lola the Puzzle, and this is Media Delta. All right, uh, so we have an interesting uh, thing for you today, uh, namely, normally we do try to focus stuff here that is, um, you know, movies and TV shows that are based on video games. However, some things that we I feel we kind of need to watch because. They themselves influence games without like you know being a licensed game. Uh sometimes you just have a piece of medium that is so influential. Like kind of think of like aliens outside of like, you know, fact it that it had games. Um the fact that aliens was such a inspiration to sci-fi in general. Um, this is another movie that's like that to a much smaller extent. Um, in a much lesser-known movie. Um and this one is basically a movie that uh, if you've seen it, um, you can see the fact that it was kind of a movie that was incredibly influential on the brawler genre of video games. Um, in fact, this movie is like explicitly been cited as by uh, the developers of Final Fight as an inspiration for the game. Um, it's, but you, It's honestly pretty shameless. It is yeah, pretty. It's,
1: it's, yeah. Yeah. When you really think about it, it's, it's, pretty obvious
0: um it's also been influential for another uh a number of other things uh which we'll probably get into a little bit later on um but yeah the reason we're taking a look at it is because this is an incredibly influential movie on a very specific genre uh and the movie we're taking a look at is the 1984 Walter hill movie streets of fire uh which is a movie that um bombed uh quite hard actually at the box office which is why it's Unfortunately, not as well known. Uh, this had a movie a budget of fourteen and a half million. It only made eight million, so not qu- a little bit more than half, but that's still not good. Um, Especially those numbers. Yeah. Um, this movie might have had a little bit of a troubled production, but uh, yeah. Um, so I guess before we actually uh get into it. Uh, I think we should probably uh, state that I am not the only one who watched this. So uh, please introduce yourselves in alphabetical order.
1: Hi, I'm Axe, and I'm here for the horrifying visage that is young Willem Dafoe. Hi, I'm Carnival, and I'm so,
2: so thoroughly impressed how much a single movie has just captured a genre.
3: Hi, I'm Risen, and I'm here just for the Sledgehammer Duels.
4: Hi. I'm torpid typist and I'm going nowhere fast.
0: Indeed. Yes. It had to be done. Yes.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so this is an interesting movie, uh, namely that uh, another thing about it that is kind of notable uh, is the fact that in it's in the tagline of the movie. Uh, this is listed as a or, like listed as a rock and roll fable, uh, although it is not quite a musical, so to speak. Uh, music plays there is an...
4: music, but it's not a musical
0: yeah, yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. music plays there
1: are an... ex- extended music numbers that could just very well double as music videos. yes,
0: uh it is <laughs> uh very musically focused um even with the plot, although I think that's just a uh, coincidence.
4: um and yeah, no, it was really good watching a woman strip to fucking rockabilly. yeah, that was weird, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah.
1: Have you ever listened to the Reverend Horton Heat? He'd strip for that too. Don't okay.
0: Yeah, you're right. <laughs> um, so I think I think we should probably, you know, just get into um general impressions. So before we actually get into it and figure out who gets to talk first, who like I think who here has seen it beforehand? Yo,
1: uh-huh. this was my first time.
0: Okay. Uh, so in that case, since this is your um since you are the uh, one that this has not seen first. it. It is your first. Um <laughs> let's go a few. So X, let's uh what are your first and general impressions of this movie?
1: Oh goodness. Um it, it's hard to express how I feel about this without kinda going over every single thing and then kind of making it hard for everybody else to talk about. So I'll 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 do my best. I'll do my best. But um I think this is a very interesting piece of cinema, um, not only for the fact that it serves as uh, inspiration for some, a lot of games that I've actually played and enjoyed. Final Fight was a a staple in my house on the the SNES. Um, Literally,
4: Mike Hager's outfit is based off of one of the main characters' outfits at one point.
1: <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. it was. Um, well, I don't know if it was based on Willem Dafoe because he he did the whole. No, no. But I think it was Cody. It was was Cody when he was in the
4: apartment and shirtless.
1: Yeah, shirtless Mm -hmm. with the uh, suspenders and shit. Um, But just how... uh, And and watching this and thinking about a lot of the brawlers that I played, it's striking almost seeing where those inspirations come from. Even the ones that are are basically lifted wholesale. But you still get... like They're still unique enough in the games that it's not just a one-to-one... It's not like Clock Tower to... Yeah, the phenomenon. games
4: have dominatrixes, unlike this. Yeah, yeah
1: exactly. Where well, are my dominatrixes to... with whips? What the fuck? This movie sucked. But um, The it, innovation no. had to come somewhere, Axe. <laughs> yeah, but mm-hmm. it's, it's it's also interesting because it has three well-known actors. Uh, Willem Dafoe, uh, Rick Moranis, and Bill Paxton. And again, like it's we're going back to really old films. We're going to old media, and it's just so weird. Because you're so used to seeing them as they are now. And you just see them as their younger selves. And obviously Bill Paxton, it we mentioned during Aliens, has has passed away. Um, but it's just, it's so interesting to see how they've, you know, aged. And how, how their actual acting has grown. Or had grown. Or how Mom um, Defoe has
4: always looked like a fucking gargoyle.
1: Mm-hmm. He's, he's always been just a very striking figure in his he's own very way
4: powerful like facial features
1: but it's also he's interesting because you mentioned all the, during the uh watch through as i rip an earbud out of my ear um the uh it's weird to hear willem dafoe's young voice because it's not quite as intimidating it's not quite as punctuated and it's not quite as um aggressive as his voice is now. Defoe it's not
4: a, as gravelly.
1: Yeah, it doesn't mm-hmm. have... The, it's not distinctive, which is quite interesting. Willem Dafoe just does not have a distinctive voice in this movie. But you look at him in, like, the the new Spider-Man film, for example. He's very distinctive voice. You can tell right away it's him. Um, so that was also interesting. Um, the fight choreography, I didn't think it was all that great. Uh, as funny as the sledgehammer scene was, I just... I wasn't feeling it. And and that's, that's kind of how I was with the movies. Like, I love the music numbers. Music numbers had me going. I was like, fuck yeah, I can just do this. I don't even need the rest of the film. Just leave me here. Um, But, like, it felt – there was a weird feeling I got with all the actual, like, plot points. The fights and things like that didn't feel like they had any gravity to them. There was no immediacy. There was no urgency, at least as as I felt. They just kind of were like, they almost felt like they were there to just push the plot to the next point.
4: I mean, um, I, I would argue that the the initial assault on the, the biker bar was pretty well done, but like, mm-hmm. the fucking sledgehammer duel was out of nowhere.
1: Yeah, well, that's the other thing too is, um, I thought it was kind of weird because the start of the film has all of that. It has the, the rescue and everything. And now we've got a lot of a lot of downtime where they're kind of like, all right, well, what do we do next? Well, I'm just, we probably got to kill, you know, Raven and you know, get rid of the bombers and all that. But it's like there's this weird lull in the center where instead of like the movie building up to this the rescue and then building up to the fin- the final fight, it was kind of just like here's the start, here's the middle, I guess, and here's the ending. At least for me, that's how it felt.
4: My issue with the lull is more the fact that a lot of lulls spent shitting on the main character for really mm. weird things, like the fact yeah. that he wanted money to rescue his ex.
1: Yeah, there, there's a, there's a bit of weirdness to it. And the other thing too is, and I mentioned it a bunch of times, is it never felt like people were talking to each other. It felt like people were literally trying to punch each other with their words. Everybody's just angry and on edge. And I, I I guess it would be you could consider that you know part and parcel for them because of where they live. Where they live sucks, and it's run by shitty gangs, and everybody's on edge all the time. But even still, just like there's, it doesn't let up a bit. It doesn't let the characters sort of let loose and you know feel like they're having a, a you know a good time or enjoying the presence of each other. It's almost like they're just angry that anybody's near them. Um, yeah, I, I, like.
4: I, I will say that, yeah, is a lot of the dialogue is just like very, very terse, is, yeah. is, is how I describe it.
1: Everybody's very... everybody's a badass. Everybody's about ready to kick somebody's ass.
4: And even fucking Rick Moranis, who sucks yes. the whole movie.
1: Yes. Even even Rick Moranis. Um so it's just and I'm not trying to say this is a bad film by any stretch of the imagination, but there are just little things that I think if they had tweaked the, the dialogue to be a little more human and a little less punchy. If they um made the rescue a little later in the film and let us lead up into it and give us just sort of like give us our backstory. Give us our inspiration for why we're doing this so that we can rah rah the team to do the things. Um and and again, like you said, the final fight comes out of nowhere because the, the, the gist was is that um Raven wants to fight Cody because he stole uh ellen uh away because he had kidnapped her um so he wants a showdown with cody so the police are like well no cody you're gonna leave town and we'll we'll stop raven and then raven goes haha i've got lots more people haha and then cody arrives and then they fight the thing about that fight is, is when you think of like the final battle between the good and the bad um usually and this is it's not always but usually there's a sense of isolation right you have the bad guy and you have the good guy that's it and they're locked in a fight together good guy doesn't necessarily have a lot of backup if any at all but in this scene there's every police officer in the city every citizen in the city with a gun so the stakes of this fight don't feel quite as elevated Because you may as well have not been there. Well, because if Cody loses, who gives a shit? They'll just shoot him and it's over. You know? The other thing,
4: too, is that he specifically left town on a train to save Ellen Aim Because that is her full name, Ellen Aim, which is very powerful. mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, he left town with her. And then he, he turns back and tries talking to this train lady and she's like, no, I'm not going back. It sucks there. And all of a sudden, he's back there less than a minute later mm-hmm
1: yeah. just this the, the, the build-up in the setup to the final fight just didn't feel like i said there's just things happen and you know they're fun they're exciting but they don't give you that same like if we go back to hardcore henry the 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 fights give you the sort of sense it, it, whether it's a sense of urgency to the fight you want you're worried about the main character or just a little bit of a, a little adrenaline boost like yeah this is exciting all right cool this, the fight scenes in this movie just kind of felt flat. They felt flaccid.
4: I think it's because the choreography was a bit stiff, especially during the Sledgehammer duel. Oh,
1: yeah. Yeah. It was mm-hmm. very just, it was very weird and everybody seemed kind of wobbly. And, um, but yeah, no, I mean, overall, this is a fantastic film. It's a very enjoyable film and its biggest strength is its music numbers. The soundtrack is one of the best film soundtracks I've ever heard. Um, I enjoyed it a lot. And anytime the music kicked in, I was I was grooming. I was growing it, to it. I loved it a lot.
4: It's also the source of a song that a lot of people don't realize was made for this film. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, this movie does. That's the other thing too. It's just like, this is such an interesting, fascinating piece of media. And it is such a shame to, to learn that it didn't do as well uh, as it probably should have. Maybe this film was a little too ahead of its time. You know, it's it's not a it's not a thinking man's film. It's not a deep film. But its ideas and the way that it was executed, I feel, deserve a lot more credit than it got. Um, and I think that's a good place for me to kind of let somebody else kind of slide in and give their thoughts. And just my general thinking is... is it's a good movie with a few things that could have used some tweaking. Yep,
0: that makes perfect sense. Um, so in in that case, uh, who wants to go next? I know, Risen Carnival, we have not heard much from you yeah, yet, if go. you want to go next.
2: Yeah, I'll go ahead. So I, like again, thoroughly enjoy the movie. Very nice to just see. It's always fun to see movies that just ah, I see, this is where this entire thing come from, like, Escape from New York in Metal Gear, uh, and Jacob Ladder and Silent Hill, it's nice thing. like, ah, yes, this is where this is from. I get it. I definitely agree with that, just fight choreography in general, it's like, I have, to, I'm gonna be uh, completely honest, Hollywood's traditionally net- Hollywood traditionally, Hollywood in a lot of times is, with a very few exceptions, is just really bad at fight choreography but that's a discussion for another film.
0: There is actually something kind of interesting about the fact that the last movie that Walter Hill actually did, well, I'd say one of the last major films that Walter Hill, Hill did before this movie um, was The Warriors, um, mm-hmm. which is a very okay. much a fight-heavy movie. Mm-hmm.
2: I was gonna that say, actually, yeah, that checks out. Yeah, that checks out. Yeah. I haven't seen The Warriors, but that's definitely like... I, still think Warriors, from what I've little clips I've seen, has a bit better fight choreography than this does. But I think the main draw here is that aside from the music, which also is like a, ah, yes, I see. This is also where you got this from, Proto-Min. But, like, it's interesting and it's from an aesthetic level of just, like, a good way of doing retro futurism, because it's very clearly intended to be a grungy 50s kind of feel to it, but in, but very much still maintains that this is the 80s.
4: in the far-flung future of 1950X. Yes. Mm-hmm. Exactly.
2: It's pulpy. Yes. Yeah. It's very it has, pulpy and a feel that I wish would do more, but we'll never see this kind of yeah, thing in it, filmmaking.
4: A very grungy, grimy 50s aesthetic, which is pretty mm-hmm. unique, and I quite like it.
0: Yeah. Like... Especially since it's like a throwback to the 50s, that's not like, you know, Happy Days or like mm-hmm. American Just, Graffiti.
2: Mm-hmm. Just pleasantly worshiping it, the idea of a past that never existed. Yeah. Uh, I think that's it for our, the general impressions.
0: All right. Uh, who wants to go next?
2: I can. Okay. Um,
3: I think. I really like the movie. Um, I don't think it's obviously a very deep movie. It's kind of, it really is just a pulp story, like heroic good guy beats up the bad guys. Some violence happens. Maybe there's a little emotional romantic drama.
4: They fuck.
3: Um, <laughs> they fuck. Yeah. Um, I do think it's interesting that uh, Tom Cody doesn't actually like end up with Alan Aim. He kind of just like I'll be. There to save you if you need me, but I'm not like boyfriend material.
4: Well, because he knows he's not what's yeah. good for her. He cares about exactly. her a lot,
1: but she's okay. going places and he isn't. He wants to leave, and she yeah. wants to stay, basically.
4: Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, but also, I like that a lot. It's, yeah, it, it's a case of he knows her career is going places, and he knows she's gonna be something big, but like he can't do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he he, he doesn't, doesn't want to be part
1: of that. He doesn't see himself as someone who can ever be, you know, a good, a good enough kind of person. He's, he's a, he's a, he's a, he's, a, he's a, um, uh, what you call it? Uh, a punk, basically. Yeah. He's just a punk. Yeah.
4: And he knows that he'd only bring her down. And it was, it was one of the better written moments because it was, the character at that point had just had a lot of self-reflection.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um... The, like, low middle portion is definitely very much spent just, like, trying to force through some of that, like, emotional stuff that's maybe not handled the best. Because, like, you know, like, he saves the day, he saves Aim everyone's fine. And, like, everyone's like, how dare you want to be paid? Like, and, like, he's so annoyed with everyone that even, like, um, uh, damn it, I'm blanking on her name. McCoy. Uh,
0: are you, uh, the sister or the oh uh, yes
4: mccoy
3: mccoy is even like pissed off at him it's like
4: you're literally here for the money weird. mccoy what yeah. are you talking about
3: yeah it's like he's like i'm gonna get your money later It's like well, is that all you gotta say to me it's like i don't know it's weird i i mean i guess it's nice that they patch things up and like continue to like go be punks together or whatever um yeah right I mean, kind of my general thoughts on it.
4: Okay, well, I like, I actually
1: fun. What?
3: the sledgehammer duels fun. That's all.
4: It, it's fun. It's dumb, and it's not the greatest choreograph, but it's fun. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> and, and it brings it brings uh, back memories of Texas Chainsaw Massacre too, with uh, Dennis Hopper and Leatherface having a chainsaw duel.
0: <laughs> I I need to put Mandy. I love Mandy. Yeah, I was say I need to put Mandy <laughs> on one of the retro rank relief things because it does absolutely nothing to do with video games. It's a fun movie though. It's
4: so yeah. good.
0: Um So yeah, Turbo.
4: Yeah, I I really enjoyed this film. I think it's a lot of fun. Is it deep? No. There's some real weird morality play in the middle too that I'm not huge on because it's kind of really dumb. But in general, um I actually really like the assault on the biker bar. I think that scene is actually really good yes. even if it's a bit weird when he when a fucking motorcycle explodes cuz he shot it mm mm-hmm. but in general the the sets are really good in this like really good mm-hmm. it has a very unique aesthetic and it goes in on it and it works out really well in like the biker bar is a really good example of that even if it was once again it felt really weird listening to a, seeing a woman stripped to fucking rockabilly
1: yeah She wasn't even in tune to it. She was just doing her own thing. She
4: was having a time. Holy shit. She was into it, though. Mm -hmm. But yeah, no, I I, I think it's fun. But going to the morality play in the middle, that really bugged me. So basically, the idea is that at the start of the film, uh, Rick Moranis comes to him. I think it was. No, no, no. Yeah, I think it was he goes to uh, Rick Moranis, who happened to be in the same place after hearing about the whole L name thing. and He's like, "Okay, I'll do it for you if you pay me. And Rick Moranis was completely fine with that, he didn't give a shit, he just wanted l mm-hmm. back. I completely forget his character's name, so I'm just gonna keep calling him yeah. Rick Moranis.
2: Yeah, like, right. Rick Moranis mm-hmm. is, like, shockingly, like, a, like, yeah, he's an asshole, but, like, in terms of an actual character, he's like, Yeah, no, pay you, yeah, you're going to be doing some dangerous thing, I'm going to give you money for this to, like, do this. Weapons and
4: ammunition cost money.
2: Yeah! Mm-hmm.
1: I know the last name was Fish, I don't remember the first Uh, name. it's... Ellie really Fish?
4: I think that was it, Billy Fish. Yeah, I think it's Billy Fish. Yeah. Either way, Rick Moranis. Uh But yeah, no, and so like he had uh, the main character at this point, Ellen Aim was an ex of his. He had nothing to do with her. He straight up left town and it had disappeared for a while and came back. Two mm-hmm. years, yeah. Wasn't he in the military or something? Yeah, like Yeah, he went to the mm-hmm.
1: military in that uh, in that period. I think. Yeah, both mm-hmm. McCoy and Cody
4: were in the military, and. He comes back, and just everyone expects things, I guess, to go back to being how they were, even though they aren't. And so, after he saves uh, Ellen aim, Ellen gets really fucking angry at him for asking for money to save her. Which, like, you can have both. It's okay. <laughs> but she gets really fucking angry about it. It's super weird. And then they fuck anyway.
1: They, they fuck because he... um. Because he throws down the nine grand and Literally takes the one threw, grand and gives it to McCoy.
4: Yeah, he threw nine grand in Rick Moranis' face. Rick Moranis, though, was perfectly mm-hmm. fine with it. Yeah, He was completely chill with it up to that point. Like, given the money and everything, Rick Moranis didn't give a shit. Which, yeah. but yeah, so everyone's giving him shit for that. And, like, he did have problems, sure, but that was, like, not the big one. But, uh, Yeah, no, in general, I thought it was pretty solid. The romance was really weird, and I felt like it was kind of awkward, though I feel like it ended pretty well. And McCoy is also a weird beast, because, and I appreciate it, she has no interest in the main character, and repeatedly states that. And he's Mm -hmm. fine with that. They're both accepting of it. They're both pretty... They're they're buddies. They're good buddies who love murder.
0: So... And originally... I was going to say, so I was wondering if we could bring up a little bit of trivia regarding McCoy. Yeah,
4: so... McCoy was originally meant to be cast as a man, but they really liked uh, the actress's performance so much that they cast her as it instead.
0: I do have a fun little bit of trivia because I found something that actually goes a little bit more in depth with what the original character was as soon as I could figure out where it went on this page.
4: Find it, you little bitch. Uh, Mm
0: -hmm. Essentially, the uh, character was um, supposed to be a... It lists as a Hispanic character named Martinez. Oh, yes. Uh, part of a court was originally to be a Hispanic male, according to this, named Mendez, uh, with Edward James Olmos considered to play the part, which oh. ooh, that would have been interesting. It's cause, yeah, apparently there was a lot of bigger names associated to that character and also to Tom Cody. Um, that uh, apparently Tom Cruise was brought up to be it, potentially, um, no, no, it wouldn't have worked. Let's see, it was Tom Cruise, uh, Eric Roberts, uh, Patrick Swayze supposedly was uh, brought up to be, that would be interesting.
4: And instead the guy who played Cody would later go on to star in, well not star, but mm-hmm. play a part in basically every Uwe Boll. So,
0: that's actually a funny thing, uh, because another little bit of trivia in that actually is kind of a thing that a lot of people I've noticed had problems with. Um, Michael Pare, uh, who is the person that played Tom Cody. Um, apparently, this was like one of his first movies, and actually he was super not used to working on a large set, so he was actually getting like super like frustrated with development, because also apparently Rick, Mal- Rick Moranis was uh, heckling him the entire time. Mm. <laughs> uh, and yeah like the writer apparently said that his performance was like one of the what he thought was one of the weakest parts of the film and also uh, walter hill never worked with michael parry again uh rick moranis also apparently hated working on the set because the director said that he couldn't ad-lib anything which also makes <laughs> sense on why rick Grant's character is like he is,
4: and why his dialogue is super stiff yeah yes shocker
2: yeah, no, that, that that clears some things up. Like, I honestly think the stiff dialogue works in the film's favor, personally, but... It, it fits the aesthetic, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Also, I like apparently that there's a little bit... Like, apparently in the last fight scene, uh, Tom Cody in like one of the original drafts uh, was to pull out a knife and kill Raven.
2: Holy shit! <laughs> uh, again, we're just learning that, yes, the Final Fight developer just, like, there... That is our main character. Just, um, just sell that. It's like yes. Well,
0: also, another thing because I know we've mentioned the look for Hagar and also Cody's last name. Uh, also, I believe the Final Fight developers mentioned that uh, Raven's look specifically was put on. Um, I think it was Belger, who was like the first boss of the Magier game or gang. I can't remember because also I'm not super familiar with Final Fight. Um, but yeah, there's also uh, that reference there. Um, but they didn't do that. Uh, one, I think they just didn't like it. But also to get an, a lower age rating. Uh, that makes sense. There's also another draft that uh, had two different songs, more dialogue, and more backstory for like what the, you know, like lore. Uh, also a different sledgehammer fight.
4: Hmm.
0: Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. any other thoughts or about... uh,
4: I mean honestly as I said uh, it's a good movie music numbers really good Nowhere Fast is fucking incredible it's so yes. fucking good oh my god Nowhere Fast is so good I may may have been listening to it in the background this entire time on and off I've also been listening to the Proto Men don't judge me
0: <laughs> yeah uh, <laughs> I did put it in the little chat that we have uh, the the poster for Streets of Fire and the album cover for The Proto Act 2, Father of Death, which basically are the exact same
4: style. Oh yeah, no, I, I I very much recommend this film. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is it deep? Once again, is it deep? No, but it doesn't need to be and it never tries to be. It knows what it is and tries to be that from start to finish, which is pretty neat action film. Yes. A lot of bloodless violence, though, which is always weird. Yeah. Especially with all the guns. Yeah.
0: I was going to say, this is not that weird period where... This was pre-PG-13, wasn't it? Maybe? I think so. Because when did Temple of Doom come out? Unfo- that The fact that that movie... That's the same year, so maybe this would have been... It would have been around the same time, so... Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if that could push it to R, because I'm just thinking of the knife scene. I don't think that could push this to an
4: R, but yeah, they're probably playing it safe. Probably, yeah. yeah. But yes. But yeah. Um. What are your thoughts, Lolo?
0: I really like this movie. Uh, as people mentioned, it is not exactly the deepest movie. It is just a fun movie. Uh, also, I incredibly appreciate the music. Uh, as a personal note. Uh, because as we've mentioned the song Nowhere Fast and also the ending song Tonight is what it means to be young. Uh both of those songs were uh written by one Jim Steinman and a bit of personal bit of me, one of the first albums that I that my parents like introduced me to as a kid uh was Meatloaf's Bad Outta Hell. Uh so Jim Steinman was a very influential bit of music or like uh was basically wrote that entire album. So his music had a very notable effect on my musical tastes. Uh, So watching this movie for the first time, I was like, holy shit, this is basically a meatloaf, well, two meatloaf songs. Although it's really Jim Hardman's, it's Jim Steinman's songs, really, because the person behind it, which um, you can definitely tell that uh, from these two songs that Jim Steinman definitely has a style uh, because then you think about like, if you've ever listened to, um, Meatloaf, particularly Bad Out of Hell, is like a very clear example of that style. Um, another one that's not as well known that he'd worked on, although when you hear it you can definitely tell, uh, he did two albums for Bonnie, t- or worked partially for two albums for Bonnie Tyler. Uh, Namely... Okay, like...
4: can, t- can I talk about the most important piece of Jim Steinman lore? Uh, go ahead. You see, he also wrote Total Eclipse of the Heart. Which
0: was one of the Bonnie Tyler songs. <laughs>
4: Yeah. yeah. Uh, Do you know what's special about Total Eclipse of the Heart, Lolo? The fact
0: that it was for a musical about vampires?
4: Yeah. It was for a Nosferatu musical. Okay. About vampires in love. Yes. Yes. It's great.
3: It's so good! Um. These vampires are gonna fuck.
0: <laughs> um. Jim Simon's also not the only notable name on the soundtrack. Uh, there is a song that was written by Stevie Nicks. Um, which is also very good. Uh, there's also, you know, the song I Can Dream About You, which is probably, I would say, the most like famous song of this movie, even though I don't think it, it is. Uh, it's a very good song, but it's also weird to think that that is from this movie. Um, there's also some music from uh, uh, Roy Cooter. Uh, I was trying to think. <laughs> Tom, uh, Tom Petty wrote a song.
4: Yeah, no. This actually had a lot of big names behind the music.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep, and they and the best part is, is isn't just the people they had behind the music. It's the people they had doing the music. They picked the right people to put these songs on in, on this movie. Like it's just fucking phenomenal. the The intro song, um, uh, Nowhere Fast. Nowhere Fast. It's just it's a beautiful, just high octane intro to the movie. It's
4: it's still weird to me knowing that the intro of this inspired the intro of fucking bubblegum crisis yeah i was
2: waiting for one of us yeah. to bring that up because that is also like just the oh i see you you've just basically done everything you can to just not get sued
0: yeah uh that was one of the things that i uh was going to mention next is yes uh, bubblegum the intro to bubblegum crisis heavily inspired by this uh other things that were inspired by this uh were, there is a novel uh, that seems to be called the city of Devils uh that apparently one of the uh the gangs in that the disasters is inf- is like blatantly referred or like reference referential to the bombers and the blasters uh and there's also the movie the OVA for Zilla uh, red photon zillion which is something that actually might show up in media Delta someday uh zillion burning night uh the store like the the plot for it is basically the a-plot of this movie with um the gang of uh the the, the white nuts depending upon <laughs> translation <laughs> uh, supposed to be the white knights uh white nuts. turn into a band and the the girl of the group gets kidnapped
4: mm. I also want to say, going back to the music being done by all the right people, like, I keep like making fun of the stripping to Rockabilly, but that song is so fucking good.
1: Yeah, Rockabilly's a a really good genre. It It is. is. And Reverend Horton Heat puts on a fucking fantastic show. But it just, I don't think there's a bad song. I don't think there's a, if I, thinking back to what we watched yesterday, I don't think there's a bad song on that soundtrack at all. There's not a moment during that film where I was like, wow, I don't want this song. I I could get rid of this. No, they were all they they were e- if they were either like jams or they just like they they drove that scene. You know what I mean? Like they just yeah. they pushed that scene in the right direction. And, and again, does that start? It's the movie catches you with uh, nowhere fast. It pulls you in and it just says, pay attention because you're gonna have a good fucking time. And and you do, like the the soundtrack to this film. Is its biggest strength. Also,
0: apparently, the song "Sorcerer" is a song that Stevie Nicks wrote. Oh, it was written in 1972.
4: <laughs> hmm. uh back yeah, once again. That's oh, Back
0: when she was with, you know, the other. Um, actually, sure, hold on. Yeah, the back when Stevie Nicks was with her very infamous uh former husband, I believe, former husband. I think that's it's that Stevie Nexus I forgot because
1: didn't she marry? Uh,
0: I can't remember was if from Fleetwood hey. Mac. Yes, oh, she yeah, Lindsay
1: Buckingham.
0: yeah. Lindsay Buckingham was, in apparently they were with a band that was, or the, yeah, they were with uh, a, they were a band before Fleetwood Mac, essentially.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: But yes, that, that song's actually apparently old.
1: And I'm not. I'm not a big. I'm not a big stevie nicks fan i don't like her voice but like that song was actually really good mm-hmm. Yeah, no. if there's anything
4: anything it. to take away from this it's at the very least if you don't watch the film listen to the fucking soundtrack
1: absolutely yeah like i think that's the only movie soundtrack i would absolutely put on my phone and listen to while i'm driving that it's so it's such a good soundtrack
0: See, I'd be tempted, like, I want to put it on my car's thing, but I don't know if I want to get a speeding ticket. <laughs>
1: it's
0: that's like, yeah. it's like one of those songs that's like, hmm, I like this song, but also maybe I shouldn't drive to it.
4: Yeah, let me mm-hmm. tell you about my experiences with fucking Wang and Midnight Music
1: <laughs> driving. Mhm.
4: Yeah. Or fucking Synthwave. It, it does bad things to my brain. <laughs>
1: any song that drives me over a hundred miles an hour without me paying attention to good, mm-hmm. it's right. a yeah, good yeah,
4: feeling when a song gets you fucking pumped, you well, know, like nowhere fast. Yes.
1: Like the the other day, like not very many songs really get me like jazzed up. Like I like a lot of songs. I like a lot of music, but they, you gotta get, you gotta do a really good song to get me jazz. And the other day, more than a feeling by Boston comes on and I'm toe tapping, and I'm slapping the, the fucking, uh, wheel I'm you know mouthing the words because I uh, I've been not feeling super hot so can't really sing like I used to but like that's what this movie does to me like this movie makes me want to like you know tap my feet and smack the the, the wheel and just you know go along with the rhythm just I love it
4: once again like for me Nowhere Fast is a standout and that song gets me fucking hype as hell yeah
0: uh also uh fun fact about the soundtrack uh the name of the mm-hmm. movie uh streets of fire uh was originally came from the fact that originally the song tonight's when it means to be Me young was actually the song streets of fire by bruce springsteen that they couldn't get the rights for and they had to replace to the last moment with tonight's what it means to be Me young which i actually think is probably a better song i agree
4: Mm-hmm. So this was originally meant to be a trilogy, but it bombed so hard that never happened. Yep.
1: Yeah. Yep. Which I'm kind of glad because I, I don't, I don't, I feel like this is one of those movies that if you tried to make a sequel of it, it would fucking suck. Yep.
0: Yeah. Also, there is an unofficial sequel called Road to Hell, which is apparently very bad. Hmm. Uh, it came out in 2008.
2: Out. <laughs> yeah, that movie came out in 2008, so I wouldn't be shocked that, let's see, that's a, what, 20? 20... Like, oh, my God, almost like 40-year difference.
0: That's a 24-year 20, difference. 20,
2: 24. So, yeah, like, I wouldn't be shocked if a uh, unofficial sequel didn't do too well.
0: Yeah. Uh, Does anyone have any other thoughts or can go on to ranking those?
1: No, I'm good. No, I'm good. Uh, no, I'm sure we'll come up with something, though.
4: We always do. Mm-hmm.
3: We'll start talking about something as we rank, yeah. Gosh,
4: they just never shut the fuck up about the music. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I mean, it's a very good soundtrack. Anyway,
4: so goddamn
0: good. <laughs> uh, we are going to rank this using our one to twenty-one scale, of uh, one being absolute as good as it can probably get, although not maybe not perfect, but it's pretty damn good. Uh, twenty-one being very, very bad, like very hard to even ironically watch. Uh, for any fun it is just not a fun thing to do uh so um x is there what, what what number are you thinking two two
1: no higher no lower two all
0: right uh carnival
1: uh two or three
0: okay prison
3: um three or two as well
0: all right torpo
4: I was gonna say three. I, I'd argue it's not quite a two. Like looking at Alien and Aliens, and like, yeah, I, I, I really like the soundtrack, but there are a few too many like lulls and issues to really get me over into two personally.
0: Okay, so you're thinking just hard three.
4: Yeah, just a hard three. Yep,
0: yeah. I, I uh, had a two, um, but now that I think about it, I think a two in- and. <laughs> I think the 2 to 3 range is kind of where it's going to go. Uh so um let's see. Um let's like look at 3 and then see if we need to bump it up. Uh mm-hmm. because at the stuff we have at 3, uh we got Dirty Pair Project Eden, uh Ghost in mm-hmm. the Shell the 1995 movie and Road to Eldorado. Um mm-hmm. uh, which mm-hmm. I mean I would definitely put it in the same category. It's definitely not going lower.
2: Yeah,
4: it's not going um, lower. No, oh, uh, definitely not lower.
0: I guess in that case, okay. Let's just okay. Let's just take a look at two and three as one similar unit. So in two, we have now that we've done the cleanup, alien, aliens, commando, hardcore Henry, Pat Labor, the early days, Pat Labor the movie, secret name, the Slayers, and mm-hmm. um, Vampire Hunter D Bloodlust.
1: I'm gonna say three. Uh, I, cause I'm thinking more like that was a gut reaction. Cause I really like this movie and I don't feel like it, my reaction was uh, entirely based on the soundtrack though. That did weigh heavily on it, but I, I have to agree with Torpid. Uh, the lull is a bit much and it does, it does honestly take away from the pacing of the film. Uh, the choreography not being all that great does kind of hurt some of the fights, especially, I mean, Sledgehammer fights, funny and all, but if you're not gonna coordinate it right, it still kinda of falls flat. And honestly, without the soundtrack, I mean the plot doesn't really hold up too well. So I will say three.
0: Okay. Um I also kind of thinking about those other movies, I would ask to also kind of knock mine down to three. Cause just looking at some of these, like I I do kind of feel like as a whole, uh that Streets of Fire has a few too many weird things going on for it, because one thing we didn't mention uh, is this has some really weird cuts, like yeah. use of... <laughs> yeah, really the fucking editing.
4: weird cuts
0: Yeah, I, mean,
1: I mentioned at the start, and I, I'm, I'm glad you bring it up, the editing in this movie was just... I want to say it wasn't good.
0: There are some particular moments, like, especially when there's music tracks going on, that there are some really heavy cuts that can be very disorienting. Um, And, yeah, that's that's one thing to note um I'm kind of feeling three
2: yeah I again I like I said I don't think yeah. it goes any lower than three and Doubt definitely looking at the list here it's like yeah three is a good solid spot for it
0: also two is enough shit in it already
2: <laughs>
0: uh, <laughs> uh yeah so I think by virtue of probably just the fact that we all kind of mentioned three and well, let's just play it safe and go with three, uh, which is still very good. That's still in the Mastercraft here, so yeah, uh, it's still a very good movie. Um, so, uh, content wise, do we want to f- co-photophobia for the editing?
2: I would. It's, like, yeah, I don't think it's, it's as severe as I some of
4: the other ones. I it's like that, but it's very jarring. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm.
1: I feel I don't know because I, I don't fully understand. Uh, seizures and epilepsy, but uh, I don't feel like I don't know if that exact flashing pattern uh, is—it's at least common. I—the I, one that really got me was the cut to black, cut to black, cut to black, cut to black. Like that one—that one actually made me have to turn away because, you know, it was—it was—it was a visual cut to black, visual cut to black. It was so quick that it actually i i don't know how i felt but i just had a weird feeling so i had to look away
0: i because i was kind gonna look to see if i had something that was more a general um because i have motion sickness potential but i don't yeah, think I that's it it's
4: probably more likely to cause motion sickness than anything yeah, that's, okay. that's, it was mm-hmm. it was very jarring was the yeah. issue not not that was like super rapid it was just jarring they were really weird rapid smash cuts
0: all right i will put an m then instead of a p Alright, so is there anything we want to call out uh, while I prepare the fact that I know exactly what I'm going to put one of these? Is there anything you want to call out in uh, music, uh, cinematography, music, music, charm, cinematography, storytelling, yeah, yeah, action,
4: okay, and or, art? We, the obvious one is obvious. Yeah.
1: So metal. Mm-hmm. Metal wasn't, under music.
0: Well, I wasn't thinking of metal. I was thinking of... I was thinking fire because this thing's like <laughs>
1: yeah that yeah I'll I I will buy that that this
2: as the what kids we, say it's fire what do we put set design under is that usually art
0: Maybe I art. think art is usually where that okay, goes it, under yeah
2: no set design absolutely needs another like thumbs up for like this set design is excellent
3: mm-hmm.
0: um I would also argue that charms are really good yes for this one Um, and yeah, God, Google Chrome screwed over some of the stuff in here and it's throwing me off. Um, cinematography already mentioned that has some slight issues, although for the most part, it's not that bad. The action isn't bad. It just could be better in the storytelling. I would also argue is not bad. It just is basic. Um, yeas or nays? Um. This movie is, like, only 90 minutes long, so it's a very good length.
2: Yes, it of mm-hmm. its pacing very well. I would imagine, like, Made with Abundant Love is clear.
1: That Made with Abundant Love, but I wouldn't say the pacing was good, because I, I feel like the middle of the film sort of...
4: Yeah, yeah. It goes in hard, and then there's just, like, right after this weird lull in the middle where everyone's shitting on the main character.
1: They just don't know what to do after the, the rescue. The rescue's such a big thing, and then the movie's like, uh... The story,
0: yeah. Oh, what was I gonna put down for nay? Also, looking the right set of charms, um, maybe. pace maybe, maybe, yeah,
1: yeah. Isn't the snail, yep, pacing?
0: Let me take a look to see, um, nothing very else or nothing else is coming to mind, um, because despite it being like a 50s thing, it's not that bad in terms of like age. Um, Bouncing is good. Yeah, none of these are really. You know what? Rather, actually, rather than made of abundant love, I feel like because there is also because with the amount of production issues that went along, I don't know if I'd say abundant love is really one of
4: them. Yeah, um. Apparently, mm-hmm. Simon thought the the movie was absolute dog shit. Huh. Amazing. Uh,
0: I think just playing cool yeah. is a better thing for it because it is just oozing with style
2: okay yeah that is a much better descriptor because yeah it's right there also so,
4: apparently, i didn't realize that the movie took place in chicago but it's like very obviously la smoothed over to be chicago
0: yeah Yeah. well they filmed in chicago apparently no oh wait no they, they
4: filmed in la oh
0: very- no
2: that's, it's not chicago trust me
1: very clearly, there. the the Super Mario Brothers movie still sets off
0: of this one. Oh, I was going to say, because I could have sworn the INDB said that it was filmed in Chicago. Maybe, maybe the location thing in INDB is actually... I don't know. Yeah.
4: No, no, the movie takes place in Chicago.
0: This has yeah. filming location... INDB... Okay. Oh, it has both Chicago and LA. Because it's less... Okay. Well, whoever put in INDB maybe was wrong, but whatever it's fine uh, also i put in uh i didn't mention it because i pre-filled it in for genre i put musical because i think this is about as close to a musical we're probably gonna get hopefully
1: until we do cats god
0: we're <laughs> doing the newer one <laughs> do I swear to
1: god. If, we,
0: if you're gonna make me do a musical i'll make it painful oh, well, for everyone
1: okay but I if you if you're gonna do cats can we at least do fan of the opera first so we can watch a good one
4: could I just not watch any music? I mean, we, Those yeah, that's, all, that's, the, I just like, <laughs> tap out. Mm hmm.
0: That's the other one. That That's the other thing. It's like, I.
4: Musicals God. are where I draw my line.
0: All <laughs> right.
1: I mean, first, first media delta to not feature torpid typists.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's until we do, like, I'm um, a dust boat.
1: Or. Oh, dear God. Are we, are you really considering No! Dust? Lord, no! <laughs> Dust boat. God no. Or no. Why would we we're fucking dust... hours long? We're we're not that bad at we watch bad things, but we're not gonna watch Dust Boom. Come on. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'll rip my own eyes out. Fuck it.
0: Alright. Um anyway. Um, yeah, I think that is uh good for Streets of Fire. It's a very good movie, although it has some minor
4: flaws. But a very good soundtrack. Really awful production really awful <laughs>
0: yeah um so uh before we head out uh x or anything you want to plug uh
1: yes uh the autistic self Advoc- advocacy network and your local aspca please adopt don't shop
0: all right uh carnival uh
1: just your, your local bail or mutual aid fund
0: uh, risen
2: what they said uh torpo twitch.tv
4: slash torpetypist at TorpoTypist on twitter and I would like to plug. I got
2: nothing. I'd like to plug Wait. the the holes in in my suits from the money that I should be getting for doing the
1: rescue.
4: Yeah. I'd like to plug the horrible holes in the script from the awful writing.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> All, All right. The holes that keep me from Re- going nowhere. Really
4: fat. quick, really quick. So when you mentioned the the rated R thing, do you want to know why it was it, it threatened? Uh, like at, at risk of it.
0: Uh, was it the fact that it was uh, cop cars being destroyed?
4: No, no, no. It was uh, apparently I said the F word a number of times. And also during the stripping scene, the lady removed her top. But okay.
1: oh, yeah, you, you do see Ooh. Titty a couple times during that scene.
4: I don't know if he's, he's You definitely see ass.
0: That's for sure. Yeah. Oh, 100%. But also, this is, is. You don't actually yeah. see
1: Titty. Yeah, that... they're, they're, it's very brief, but she does show a little bit of Titty.
0: To be fair though, uh this was the era of the PG thirteen having a lot different things yeah. than we have now, because if you remember things like uh Sixteen Candles, there's very prominent titty in that, and that's PG thir- or PG.
4: But yeah, so this is the inspiration, But yeah, this is the inspiration for Final Fight and Streets of Rage, and that's all you need to remember.
0: Yep. Okay. So next time, uh we are kind of strapping back into anime land, also back into series land, because we haven't done one of these in a while. Um, we are taking a look at uh, the mid 80s uh, series uh, City Hunter, which is a interesting uh, kind of sp- crime thing. I don't know how you describe City Hunter, because it's crime Days of the week. It yeah case of the week but also kind of goofy also maybe not as aged the greatest but yeah um so yeah that, that is, is the
4: main character is basically a fixer
0: yes um
4: I, I
1: look forward to hunting some soon.
4: yeah
0: anyway that is what we're doing next uh next time so I hope you tune into that because I'm sure it will be an interesting discussion mm-hmm. that may or may not be a part two we'll see <laughs> anyway thank you for listening.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: If you would like to see the list in which we have ranked every single thing we've done for Media Delta, you can go to r3.ldp.life in your browser. If you would like to watch the sister show that determines what could show up on Media Delta, that's RetroRank Rhapsody, you can watch it live on Twitch at twitch.tv slash puzzle or on YouTube at youtube.ldp.life. If you would like to discuss this episode with others, please join our Discord server by going to discord.ldp.life in your browser, which should give you a link.